Welcome to this week's Future Toolbox podcast. We explore the Z to A of life skills, where each letter stands for a topic and essential tool to help you get ahead in life. Meet Jules and Mark, creators of the multi-award winning Future Toolbox, and enjoy their straightforward approach to creating growth mindsets that help people turn their dreams into realities. Whether you're a teen in education, a parent, a teacher, or part of a community group, start creating positive habits from today. Hello and welcome to this week's Z to A podcast with myself, Jules, and the wonderful Mark. Oh, I'm still wonderful. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we're the creators of the Future Toolbox. Now in our podcast, we pick a letter from the alphabet and a topic and discuss with you how you can use these tools to improve your own personal development and life and create the success that you want. So Mark, enlighten us with which letter we've chosen today. Yes, so this letter, we have the second letter of the alphabet, which is B, and this week's topic, B for breathe. Breathe, and where would we be without breathing? I know, it's one of those (laughs) things that you have to do every single day, otherwise, well, the day's not going to go too well, is it? It isn't, and we have a very special guest on today's podcast, my very great friend the lovely Sarah from Lemonkind. Hello thank you so much for having me guys I'm very excited to be with you today I'm going to take a breath myself now as we ease into it. That's a very good tip already isn't it? Good tip I like it we're getting the tips already. For our listeners that may not have come across you explain what Lemonkind is and what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, my business is called Lemonkind, um, and I have a very wonderful friend who helped to sum up my business when I first created it about five years ago. Um, and she wrote that my business is sweetening life sours with a squeeze of serenity. So basically, what it is, is I teach mindfulness practices and well-being tools to children and adults. Um, and that's at the heart of my business. And the reason that I called it Lemonkind is lemons are yellow. They're my favourite colour. I think that's a very joyful colour. And also the kind element is that mindfulness is about being kind to ourselves mm. as well, as well as other people. But um, it's really learning techniques that we can help ourselves to find joy and be kind. Oh, what a wonderful no, lovely, explanation. Because sometimes mindfulness can have almost like the reputation of being I don't like this word but mindlessness people don't quite understand it so yeah that explanation was was really good but yeah tell us a little bit more about mindfulness and how we can use that Mm -hmm. so what is mindfulness so the way that I explain it is it's a collection of practical techniques actually that help us to come into the present moment and the Mm. reason why that is so important is that so often our minds are occupied with things of the past and we may go over and over conversations things that we've done wishing that we could change things but actually we can't it's in the past and We may also find ourselves drifting off into the future with our plans or our endless to-do lists. Excited things for the past even, but actually what we have, our reality, is right now in the present moment. Mm. That's the only thing that's real to us at the moment. And these mindfulness techniques help us to come into the present moment, to notice 
what is our reality, whether that is um, difficult, challenging emotions or the joy that we're experiencing as well. It helps us to notice more joy around us as we're present. And it really can help support us in our journey when we're trying to find ways to help ourselves feel calm, to deal with stress, mm. to, to sleep a little better, um, to help us feel that we're building resilience in ourselves to be able to bounce back from challenges that we all experience as being human. And that's what mindfulness is. It's about being real. It's not about everything being rosy and thinking that every, every day is a wonderful day because we do face challenges and we will still experience stress, but it gives us the tools to deal with them in a really positive way. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because we do spend a lot of time worrying about the past, but we also spend a lot of time worrying about the future and the consequences of the past. So then we get caught up in losing the power of now, really. That was a book, wasn't it? The yes. Power of Now. Eckhart Tolle. That's right. Yeah, well, there you well go. Done. Just named up to a fellow author there as well. If you don't be in that moment, you're going to miss so much, aren't you? Exactly. And I think that's what can happen, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What drew you to this practice? Mm-hmm. How did you become aware of it? Mm. So my background, and as I trained at university, um, I trained in psychology. Um, and for about 10 years, I worked as a psychologist. And it was quite a stressful job. There was lots of travel involved, mm. lots of different projects that I was working on, different clients, very tight deadlines. And so I did feel the stress. And so my way of coping was to do regular yoga practice. And within those classes, mm. there was meditation and mindfulness aspects and that really opened my eyes to to some practical things that I could do to help myself and I really felt those effects all week and then I would return to my yoga class and it would almost replenish me and give me that energy to keep going um, and to deal with the different challenges and so when I had two children and it was it was time for me to go back to work I took some time to reflect upon what is it that I really want to do for my career? And whilst I loved my job, I felt like I really wanted to make more of an impact and to help people a little bit more directly with the work that I was doing. And I had seen how mindfulness practices had helped people in my workplace, so my fellow colleagues who were dealing with stress and and challenges, but I'd also seen how it had helped my children in Mm. little breathing techniques when they were feeling their strong emotions changing. And I thought, wow, there's really something in this. And so I decided to be brave myself, and I decided that I was going to follow my heart and start my own business and give it a go. And so I did a qualification in becoming a mindfulness practitioner um, so that I could share these mindfulness techniques with children Mm. and adults. So did you start initially with children and then develop, or was it just across the board? Both really, because in my life I had lots of friends who were new parents as well um, and... I also had people who I was working with and Mm. adults. So it just naturally flowed, to be honest. And I went with the flow. And that's what I, yeah, I still love to do now. Actually, I'll go with the flow and and see where it takes me. (laughs) We've been really lucky to be on some of your mindfulness programs, so to speak, or mindfulness Mm. sessions. Mm. And it is really, really wonderful. 
I love the fact that you said sometimes it can take you to a place like when you used to do yoga, that would take you to a good place, a relaxed place. And I've got to confess that when you first said lemon kind at the start and then you started describing lemons, that immediately took me to a place where Jules and I went on holiday to Ventura, and we stayed in a hotel called Lemon Cactus Soul. Oh. And the hotel just felt so... Calm. Calm and yeah. serene, didn't it? Yeah. And the word lemon hooked you in straight away. They had little trees with lemons in there. They weren't real lemons, of course. They were plastic. But the whole place was just so calm. And it is amazing that the power of association. Mm. So if you can do something that's quite mindful and be in that moment and people create that as a habit, then all of a sudden they realise that that just takes them to a calm place. Mm-hmm. Also, I would just like to tell people of the work that you did throughout lockdown with my charity, Breast Friends Northamptonshire, you put on weekly mindfulness sessions to help some of us ladies cope with not just obviously the, the breast cancer, the treatments or whatever that we were going through, but the whole lockdown experience. And you helped me tremendously. Like you were saying, having just that weekly session with you of that calm, that breathing and grounding me for that for that next week was just phenomenal. And I will never forget you for that, ever. It was just the most wonderful time. You really, really helped get us through some not so good times, I guess, like <laughs> you said. Tough stuff there, wasn't there? Yeah. And that was such a joy. It really mm. was such a joy. I looked forward to it every single oh, week. Oh, I did. And... It was as much a learning process for me too. You know, I learned from all of you mm. guys, and it, we went on this journey together, and it was so beautiful. It, it was. It, it still was so beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So that's another message to take away as well. It's a big support around a group of people mm. that go through this together. Now I'm going to pick a word that we talked about earlier, just before we came live, which is overwhelming or mm. overwhelm. We have a lot of teenagers listening into the podcast. We also have lots of really, really super busy parents who were that person that you described when you were working full time. And sometimes when we talk to these people, they say, I'm overwhelmed or I'm stressed or I've got too much stuff going on or I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that. I just can't switch off. So first of all, what is overwhelm? What does that actually mean? How do people switch off from it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big question, isn't it, really? <laughs> so... I I know that the dictionary definition of overwhelm is to bury or drown under a huge mass of something like water or to have a strong emotional effect on something. So it's this big heavy weight, isn't it, that we all feel. Now the way that I perceive overwhelm is when we have too many demands upon us that we feel we can cope with. And it is, it's like feeling that weight and not knowing where to begin. And there are many different aspects of overwhelm. So it could be that we feel that we don't understand all of these different demands that are put upon us, not knowing what's expected of us and confusion. It could be that we don't want to do all of these demands. And maybe we feel like we're not being supported Mm. and helped actually in that that's a very common feeling that we can experience. So we might feel like we're alone in trying to cope with Mm. all of this. Or maybe we feel that this is out of our control. So that's that's how I understand Mm. overwhelm. Is that, does that match with your Yeah, that's just got me thinking about students who have just come into the end of sitting their exams. So we 
did a real feature on studying exams over the last yeah. couple of months. We're obviously into June now and people are starting to get to the end of these exams thinking, oh my goodness, thank the Lord these are over. But now then the overwhelm could kick in and think, well, what if I didn't do this? I didn't answer that question properly. Mm. What if the invigilator doesn't like my exam? Oh, I didn't study hard enough. I wish I hadn't messed around too much. And then all of these things start beating that person up. And I remember being in that position at school myself where I knew I hadn't revised hard enough. I knew I hadn't tried hard enough. I knew there were some subjects that I just literally threw away and thought, I, I, I'm not interested in that. And then you have that time of thinking, well, I really need my maths qualification because I want this job. And they've said I need a grade C. What if I don't get it? What if I don't get it? And you spend all that time worrying about then something that is now out of your control because you've sat the exam and you can't go back and change it. The person has a piece of paper sitting on their desk to get a mark now. So that weight is probably needless because Mm. the weight as in being heavy, not the weight as in waiting for the time, you just got to pass it, haven't you? And pick up that result and then react from it from there. So yeah, and it's it's the overwhelm of that whole experience because it, for me, working with teenagers and helping them with their study and their revision, it seems like it's introduced into their lives at such a young age and they've got a long journey before these final exams that they're sitting currently and that can be overwhelming can't it Mm -hmm. so that's why we chose the letter b for breathe because i understand that you're going to help us with some ideas on breathing techniques to help with that sense of overwhelm Mm -hmm. yes i would love to (laughs) you're gonna have a go with me yes absolutely so we'll, we'll set a scenario let's be really busy parents and imagine that uh, kids have just gone through their GCSEs or A-levels or maybe they're at university. So they're really stressed out. Our jobs are really busy. Life is really, really busy. We're commuting all over the country or we're commuting to work every single day, doing all these extra hours. How do we switch off? Okay. And it's not necessarily about switching off, is it, really? No. You know, it's about mm, being more no. present. Mm. And actually, can we ground ourselves? Mm. And I know you mentioned that at the beginning, Jules. So the first thing that I do with every single breathing technique or meditation is to do exactly that, to Mm. ground ourselves. Mm. And so the way that I love to do this is literally to feel our feet on the ground. So can we we uncross our legs and just feel your feet on the ground because we are focusing on the point that is the furthest point away from our mind, our busy mind up here. And we're feeling our feet, just noticing any sensations that you experience whatsoever. And we're connecting to something beneath us that is unmoving, it's stable, Mm. okay? It helps us connect to our centre of balance to begin with, okay? And now let's just become aware of our posture, okay? We're, We're dropping into our body here, we're allowing our body to help us be present. And our body is such a wonderful tool to help us understand how we're feeling too, because it gives us so many signs throughout the day, often we're too busy to notice. Mm. So just take a moment to notice how your body is feeling. Can you relax your shoulders down? Can you soften your jaw? Can we leave a slight gap between our teeth, even with your mouth closed? But what this does is it helps to soften your jaw. It helps us to breathe more more deeply as well if we're relaxing the muscles in our face. So maybe imagine the tiny muscles around your eyes and your forehead softening as well. 
If you want to, you can close your eyes. I know Jules is already there. She's got her eyes closed here. And Mark now. Okay. And the first thing to do, it's not necessarily about changing your breathing to begin with. Let's just bring ourselves into this moment by becoming aware of our breath. And one way that I love to do this is to place our hands on our heart, on your chest or your tummy. And let's use the natural movement of our body as we breathe in and as we exhale as a way of us connecting to our breath. Just feeling that natural movement of your body as you breathe easily and naturally. Now in mindfulness, people often say, I can't meditate, I can't relax because my mind's so busy, but your mind does think that's what we need it to do. But in this moment, if your mind wanders, just see if you can keep bringing it back to focusing on that movement of your body as you're breathing. Even if it wanders lots of times, keep bringing it back to this anchor of your breath in this moment. And now I'm going to invite you to breathe a little bit deeper. So taking a conscious deeper breath and then a slow, lovely, delicious exhale. So really slowing down that out breath. And let's do a few more of these. So breathing deeply down towards your abdomen and then slowly letting go, slowly exhaling. And each exhale is this reminder of how easy it can be to let go. You may feel your body relaxing with each exhale. And as we are slowing down our exhale, this is the the magic breath, really. Because what we're doing is we're putting our body into what's known as rest and digest. Or you're activating what's called your parasympathetic nervous system. This rest and digest in your body with this slow exhale. So maybe just do a couple more of these. Big breath, slow exhale. And then just relaxing your hands down for a moment. And that is what I I teach people to begin with. It's this Mm. learning to connect to your breath in that moment. And we always have our breath with us. That's why it's so powerful. Wherever we are, you can connect to your breath. And if we can consciously breathe a little bit deeper, we can exhale slowly. That's the magic ingredient. Mm. How does that feel now? You've both gone very quiet on me. For me, I I immediately went back (laughs) to laying on my sofa and listening to your sessions and just feeling that ultimate relaxation. Mm. Don't we? I was just going to say that I thought I won't shut my eyes because I might fall asleep on the podcast and then (laughs) that could be quite embarrassing. But then I switched off from it and then it's really weird. As you were saying about things popping into your mind, I was thinking... What if somebody's listening to this podcast while they're driving and we didn't warn them beforehand? Oh my goodness, somebody might crash their car. But then they're intelligent people. They all work out that they probably don't need to take their hands off the steering wheel, put them on their chest while they're driving and close their eyes because you are intelligent people. So we do worry about a lot of things, don't we? And my mind slipped straight off of that onto something that was completely Mm. out of my control Mm. and then slipped back into the reality zone of... I don't think somebody is seriously going to be driving along with their eyes closed and their hands on their chest, are they? Yeah. 
We would hope not. Hopefully <laughs> not. Stay safe, people. <laughs> I do have another breathing technique, if you want to know that today, yeah. with, which has a little bit more structure. And this yes. can be great to share. Well, this is it, because there, there are different techniques, yeah. aren't there? And, and I think it's good to, to have, a, yeah, mm-hmm. have a few in your bag. <laughs> yeah. So one of my other favourite techniques is called box breathing. Mm. So this ah, yes. is a very useful technique, which is often used by people in the army. This is, if you imagine people in the army, they often experience high pressure situations, okay? But they still need to be able to think clearly Mm -hmm. and they need to be able to problem solve. Now, sometimes when we're feeling overwhelmed, it's really difficult to think clearly. Mm. It's hard to, to know how to calm ourselves to problem solve. So we can use this box breathing technique, which is where we imagine a square. So I'm sure wherever you are at the moment, you can perhaps see a window or you can Mm. see a piece of paper even. Mm. Um, There's often lots of squares around us when we take a moment to pause. You'll often find lots as well in the exam rooms. So this is a great one to use when you're doing your exams. So what we do is we begin in one corner and we breathe in for the count of four. So we breathe in as we go up the square. We hold that breath for the count of four as we go along the square. We exhale for four as we go down the square. And then we hold our breath on empty for four as we come back to the beginning. So you just have to remember the number four. And it's inhale for four, hold that breath for four, exhale for four, and then hold on empty for four. Now, The reason that this is so powerful is because it encourages your mind to focus on something because you're counting, okay? You're visualizing the square. And again, you are having the same effect of the calm breathing. So your body will start to relax Mm. as well. You'll notice that change in hormones in your body as you start to to let go and you're exhaling. So box breathing is one of my other favorite techniques. Yeah, I really like that. And I remember somebody calling it the four by four by four technique once. Mm. That's uh, quite a powerful one to do. And again, probably not trying to put too much risk on it, but you could do that one whilst you were driving as well, couldn't you? Because yeah. you could focus on it yeah. if you're maybe late for an appointment. Yeah. People get stressed while they're driving down the motorway because yeah. it's really busy or because there's a snarl up in the traffic or whatever. Mm. And as you mentioned, you're in the exam room, you can do that one. This is one that you can literally do anywhere mm. without having to worry about maybe anybody looking at you exactly. or maybe exactly. thinking I've got to close my eyes, it's dangerous or, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> the power of that breath is incredible, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And when you are feeling when life's getting a little bit too much or everything's on top of you just taking that moment even just now I can feel it because I've had quite a busy day I've been here there and everywhere a wonderful day but just having that moment it's just amazing isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah now I normally like to throw my quotes in don't I you do but Sarah's one of the most (laughs) organised people that we know on this planet and she's got a quote for us today so I'm going to hand over to you for Maybe that Martin Luther King quote, that sums up when everything is getting on top of us a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I love this one. Martin Luther King said, you don't have to see the whole staircase, you just need to take the first step. 
And so often it comes back to your point of when we're we're finding ourselves racing off into the future. What if this happens? Mm. What if that happens? But the future isn't here yet. We don't know. Nobody knows what the future holds. All we need to know is come back to right now mm. and just try and take that first step. Good old Martin Luther there. You don't have to see the whole staircase. You just take the first step. Mm. And the first step is generally the hardest one to take sometimes, isn't it? It's about finding that courage inside of you. Oh, that links to another one of my quotes oh, here, Mark. Go on. Oh, go on. Go on. We've got another quote. We've got another quote. <laughs> By Van Gogh, who said, What would life be if we had no courage to attempt anything? What oh, it would I be. Oh, that's, uh, that's brilliant. These I guys, they knew a lot of stuff, didn't they? These people yeah. that came up with these quotes, they were yeah. clever people. Yeah. I've got a question for you both then. Okay. We talked about overwhelm. We've obviously calmed ourselves down. Mm. But when was a time where you felt really overwhelmed and the world is getting on top of you and you can't cope? For me, the worst is when I feel that, as you were saying, I've got so much to do and I can look at maybe my to-do list or think, well, I must have... Uh, got to get this done but then I also I need to go and do the shopping or I need to go and pick somebody up or do so many things and then I can't focus or pick the one that I need to do first and it, it gets me to the point where I can't focus and I can't actually think straight I really cannot think straight I can't make that decision I can't do anything so I have to take myself away from the situation and maybe just go for a walk around the block a bit of fresh air some good breathing <laughs> and then I can come back and say right okay what is the most important thing that I need to do right now and then I'll focus on that and I feel so much better but yeah it's a horrible feeling isn't it mm. what about you it can be oh gosh so I was thinking about this on my way here and I was it was taking it took me back to when I was doing my a-levels and this is probably where I felt the most overwhelmed. So I'd finished my A-levels and I was on my way to go and get my results. And we went to school to pick our results mm. up. And I remember very vividly sitting in the car park in my boyfriend's car and I just started crying and I couldn't Aww. control it. And I thought, what's going on? Because I'd felt fine. Well, I think I, to be honest, I think I'd been ignoring mm. my, the feelings of overwhelm. And it was in that moment when I was about to go and get my results, it just hit me, the reality of it all. And I had all those feelings like, what if I did mess up my A-levels? What am I going to do? I don't have another plan. I'm supposed to be going to university. What will people think? And I just, I couldn't move out of the car. I needed yeah. to just take a few minutes. Boyfriend had no idea what to do, bless him. He's <laughs> like, come on, we need to go in. But I did, I did calm myself and not as well as now because I know some different tools now, but I did. And I remember that moment and it felt so hard and, and overwhelming. But over the years, I have learnt these techniques and... I still feel overwhelmed yeah. like you, Jules, yeah. when I have so many things to you do. You can feel it building, yeah. can't you? Yeah. Yes, yeah. But I read a wonderful book by Oliver Berkman. I don't know if you guys have read this one. It's titled 4,000 Weeks. Have no. you read this? Oh, you no. need to read it. Okay. But this is about, a lot of it is about overwhelm. And he writes about the fact that we, we often think, right, well, when I've finished this, I'll be happy. Or oh. when I get past this point, I'll be able to relax. But we're always going to be busy. Mm. We will always be busy. And it's about really coming to terms with that and accepting that and being at peace with that. Mm. That then you can think, okay, yeah, I am busy. And actually, lots of people around me are busy. But what I need to do right now is prioritise. What's the one most important mm. thing I need to do now? 
Yes, yes. And that's where I need to get to sometimes is what is the most important Mm. thing that needs to be done. And, you know, quite often it might be that I don't don't do any of it Mm -hmm. because I'm clearly in a place where I feel quite stressed. I feel quite panicky and maybe I just don't need to do anything or do something completely different Mm. before I can go back to all that list of things to do. How about you, Mark? Yeah, well, obviously, with suffering a brain injury, things can get quite overwhelming. And I find sometimes that even simple tasks can be. So filling in forms, following something that's in a sequence when the sequence doesn't make sense. Or even worse, if something interrupts the sequence. So if it goes one, two, three, but somebody puts number two A in there, then all of a sudden it's going one, two, two A, three that can really disrupt things and it can really get on top of me when I was working with a psychologist neuropsychologist she actually talked to me quite a lot about mindfulness and meditation and one thing she said is to do the mindful washing up so I asked her the question is that what I think it is and she said yes why else would it be called the mindful washing (laughs) up so it's about when you're doing the washing up understanding that the you're cleaning the plates and that's cleansing the plates so it's like cleansing your life feeling the temperature of the water feeling the bubbles popping and everything and it's really bizarre but I didn't mind washing up before that but now I find washing up is one of those things that it doesn't feel like a chore you heard this on here I did he yeah, said that I did say that and before Jules jumps in here he says he never does the washing say. up she will be very much lying. I never call my wife a liar, but she is very much lying if she says he never does a washing up. I wasn't going to say you never do it. at all. But anyway. Not as much as that. We're talking about the mindfulness now. But you found the joy yeah. in washing up, didn't you? Even yeah. in mundane tasks like yeah. that, you found the joy. And I would also like to counter it that if you have a pile of washing up, no, I'm not coming around your house to do it. I don't enjoy doing it that much. But it's about sometimes taking something which is a stressful, mundane or difficult task. And as you say, grounding yourself mm. and putting your feet on the ground. Maybe that's where that comes from because we I can still feel my feet on the ground now. I'm going to confess up to our listeners, I don't have any shoes on. <laughs> I don't have any socks on either, but I can feel them on the wooden floor and the smoothness of the floor. And I actually quite like that feeling. It is a good feeling. It is, isn't it? It's like taking your shoes off and walking on grass or walking on mm. sand or walking on something smooth and soft like a lovely new rug that's mm. been vacuumed mm. and it's mm. it's really soft and spongy. But we've got some great techniques there. So thank you so much for sharing those live on air with us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I think our listeners will thank us for this, but they need to find you. So where can they find you? Social media websites and such? Yes. So um, on social media, I'm lemonkind underscore mindfulness. Yes. And feel free to reach out and I'd love to hear about people's journeys and things that they find helpful too. (laughs) So that's lemonkind underscore mindfulness. Look up Sarah, follow her techniques, look up videos on there. They are fabulous. And also, if you want to find us, we are at futuretoolbox.co.uk. We're also on social media. You can go to our Facebook page. We're also on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. You can go to our YouTube channel. And we're also on LinkedIn because we are everywhere. We are everywhere. (laughs) So thank you again for Sarah for joining us. And we look forward to catching you all next week. Yeah, see you soon. Bye Bye for now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Z2A of Life Skills with Jules and Mark of the Future Toolbox.
Don't forget to head over to their website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk, where you can find lots of free resources, plus a host of books in the store, as well as subscribing to the membership site. Follow Future Toolbox Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Future Toolbox and subscribe to their YouTube channel too.